Hey friend, and welcome back to the Vision Driven Health Podcast. Question for you. If I told you there is a specific focus that you could hone in on that would have a dramatic ripple effect on your health, helping you lose weight, balance your hormones, increase your energy, and improve your mood, would you want to know what that is? My guess is yes. You are in a good spot because on this episode, we're talking about blood sugar regulation, which does influence all of those things. And my guest today, Lindsay Young, does a phenomenal job of simplifying the explanation of blood sugar and how it affects you while also providing very simple tips that you can take to begin to work on that blood sugar regulation within your own body through your lifestyle choices. Now, if you have been following me for a while or listening to this podcast and you have not yet signed up for the free greens and grace experience, you're going to want to do that. (laughs) The whole purpose of this podcast is to support the bodies that comprise the body of Christ to be healthy and well, to have the energy and vitality to do what God has called them to do. In this experience, I explain what it looks like to partner with God in your health, as well as giving some very simple, practical tips that you can take away and implement for your lifestyle. The people who have done this challenge have found themselves feeling more energy. They do lose weight, but the biggest thing is they have a new perspective around how they can view their health, view their choices, view food, and truly partner with Jesus in transforming their health. To take advantage of this experience, simply go to visiondrivenhealth.com forward slash greens experience or click on it in the show notes. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently implement healthy habits? Do you lack energy, confidence, and motivation because of stress, overwhelm, and shame for having not gotten it together by now? Friend, there is hope and grace for your health. Hey, I'm Robin Ryan McDonald, host of the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm a follower of Jesus, a wife, a mama of two, and a seminarian turned health coach. And I'm so excited that you're here. I found myself in my early 20s captive to cravings and convenience, 20 pounds heavier, super tired, with a face full of acne. I could not figure out how to maintain healthy habits until... I discovered the power of aligning my choices with God's vision. 10 years and two kids later, by the grace of God, I'm still prioritizing my health and feeling amazing. If you are over quick fixes and are ready to feel good in your own skin, then grab a giant water bottle and let's dive on in. As a reminder, the Vision Driven Health Podcast is under the umbrella of Mabel Health Incorporated. The content on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended for medical advice. It does not take the place of medical advice or treatment from a physician. Listeners should consult their own doctor or a qualified healthcare professional for specific health concerns and questions. Friends, I'm so excited to have Lindsay Young with us today. Lindsay is a certified transformational nutrition coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist living in Boise, Idaho with her husband and three kids. She specializes in helping busy women develop a simple nutrition and lifestyle plan to create optimal health so that they have the energy to focus on the things that matter most. 
Lindsay's approach to wellness focuses on real health in a real life context. Love that. Helping her clients develop a modern approach to a healthy lifestyle that is sustainable and joyful in their homes and out in the real world. Amen to all of that. Lindsay, I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome. Yay. So excited to be here. Lindsay and I had to like put the brakes on our conversation before this because we have so much in common. And it's so funny because we've actually never met in person. We, right? I don't think we did. Right, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Except it feels like we have, and it feels like we've hung out a ton, but just, just through social media and, and through our phones and whatnot. And we were introduced by a mutual friend and she was correct. We, we did hit it off. And I feel like, yeah, I just, there's, there's so many, so many different things that we could talk about. However, for the sake of this show and this episode, I'm really excited for you all to get to hear a little bit more about blood sugar. Lindsay is the queen when it comes to knowing all the ins and outs about blood sugar. And so before though, we dive into that, I would love to hear from you, Lindsay, how has your relationship with God informed or led you into your own health journey? And feel free to add any more about yourself as you kind of, you know, delve into that question. Yeah. Um, well, I am thrilled to be here with you. And I do, you are one of the people that I feel like we can go months without talking and just pick up in a moment. And I do feel like you're just one of my good, good friends. So super excited Aww. to be here. Um, in terms of just how I feel like God has led me along in my health journey. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility mm. and taking ownership of your health, which I know you are too. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are always going to be factors outside of our control, but at the end of the day, I want to know that I've done my very best with what I can control. And I want to steward this body well, and I want to take care of my body because it's a gift that God gave me, right? Amen. Like out of gratitude, right? What's my response to this amazing gift that I've been given. And I recognize that my ability to show up and wholeheartedly serve and carry out what the Lord has set before me each day is dependent on how well I'm taking care of my physical body. Amen. However, I will say that the older I get and the more that I grow in my relationship with God, I kind of imagine this pendulum, right? So I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are on one side where they think that, um, like they don't, feel like they have a lot of say in their health, right? They think that everything sure. is like it's luck or it's genetics. And then there's right. this other side of the pendulum where I think we can get caught up relying on our own abilities and our own knowledge and our self-discipline and thinking that if we do everything like quote unquote, right, we can somehow control all the outcomes. And I definitely have a, like, I have a personal tendency to want to live on that side of the pendulum. Same. And so where I feel like the Lord has really been working on me is just in like checking my intentions. Are the efforts that I'm making towards my health, are they due to my desire to have control or am I surrendering this like quote unquote guaranteed outcome and really placing my reliance on him? So yes, I need to take ownership of what is within my control and out of obedience and gratitude, take care of my God, of my body. But you know, God is still good and his way is the best. Even if I do all of the right things and I don't get the desired outcome, if I still get sick or injured or get cancer, 
his way is still the best. So that's kind of where my heart is at right now. Just, you know, constantly trying to examine my motives and really take care of my health from a place of stewardship and gratitude and not because I want to have this false sense of like control. Wow. I honestly feel like there's a much, there's enough in that to wrap up the episode right there. That is (laughs) so powerful. And I honestly, that is such a convicting statement of, yes, we do want to take personal responsibility. And I know that we talked earlier about how we're both very similar. We're kind of more the achiever mindset and do totally want to control the things to acknowledge who it is that actually is in control and who it is that we serve and who it is that designed our bodies and who has designed our life. And so that, that is good stuff right there. (laughs) Let's see. I just, I just feel the need to park it right there for a moment. And really for anybody who's listening to take that in and, and even if you need to pause this and offer up a prayer, I'm like writing that down because I'm going to spend some time with Jesus talking that through. And what does it look like to, to enter into that? And with that said, you know, moving to the topic of blood sugar, that is one of those things where a controlling factor, right? Cause it's like, okay, we want to, <laughs> we want our blood sugar to exist within a certain range. And there's so many different factors that go into that. But for those who are like, wait, what, what about blood sugar? They have no idea what that means. What is blood sugar and how does it affect us? Yes. So this is one of my very favorite things to talk about. Um, (laughs) Blood sugar is also known as glucose. So you'll kind of hear those terms used interchangeably and it's our body's main source of fuel. So when we eat food, right. And if there are carbohydrates in what we eat, all carbohydrates, all carbohydrates break down into glucose. So whether you've eaten an apple or a sweet potato or a pop tart or a donut, all of the carbohydrates in that food are going to break down into glucose. So when everything goes well, glucose hits our bloodstream and goes straight into our cells where it's transformed into energy inside of the mitochondria. And when the right amount of glucose is provided to source our cells with the necessary fuel for energy production, this is an incredibly efficient system. And that's when we feel alive and energetic and like we have the ability to tackle each moment as it comes. But what happens when our diet or our lifestyle choices cause us to take in more glucose than our body actually needs? So that's when insulin makes an appearance. And insulin has an important job of getting glucose out of our bloodstream and storing it in several strategic places around our body. So primarily our muscles, we can store several hundred grams of glucose in our muscles and then in our liver, and then a little bit in our red blood cells and our brain. So I like to think of insulin as a ferry boat. So if you imagine Uh you eat carbohydrates, they break down into glucose in your bloodstream. So they're like floating around, like bobbing in the water and your brain senses that, right? Your brain's like, okay, we don't want sugar in our bloodstream. And it sends a signal to our pancreas to release insulin. So insulin is this ferry boat. It comes swooping in and it scoops up all of that glucose and it takes us to the, it takes it to the places in our body where it can be stored. Right. So I think of those as like ports, right. Or some people uh-huh. will refer to them as like storage suitcases. And so when it, you know, so it takes it to our muscles, it takes it to our liver. And when all of those ports are full, right. So imagine this ferry boat, like now it's cruising around and all of the docks are filled, right. There are like boats in all of the spots and there's nowhere for it to go. Right. So then what happens? 
Well, that's where fat makes the perfect storage unit. And we have like unlimited space on our body for fat, right? So excess glucose turns into fat and that's an available fuel source for the future, right? We all have fat on us that our body can access as stored fuel if we need it in the future. And that's how God designed our bodies to work, right? It's an amazing process, but sometimes this goes wrong, right? So when we have a rise in blood sugar following a meal, that is like that process is normal and healthy. So when I look at patterns on CGMs, I do a lot of work with clients where I have them wear continuous glucose monitors and I'm able to see 24 hours a day what's going on with their blood sugar. So, you know, following a meal, it is very normal to have a rise in blood sugar. That is normal and healthy. But what we want to see are these rolling hills where your blood sugar goes up following a meal. Then we know, okay, insulin's been released. It's taken that blood sugar. It's all tucked away. And then we come back down to baseline. So when we see that blood sugar is going up and staying up and it's staying elevated for an extended period of time and not coming back down, that's a signal that things have gone wrong or when we see big spikes up and then steep crashes. So we want these like rolling hills versus mm-hmm. like big cliffs and drop-offs. Um, so that's where, that's where issues come up, right? Where we see a lot of negative health impacts when that process of your blood sugar going up and coming back down is presenting in an abnormal way. That was so well explained. I love the ferry boat analogy too, because that does... I do. I can visualize it. It's, I'm sure it looks nothing like how it does in my body, but I do picture like little glucose <laughs> floating around like, oh, here comes the fairy. Um, so that's awesome. So you, you started to mention towards the end there, you know, when this process that you described doesn't go the way it's designed, it can negatively impact us. So can you explain some of those negative impacts and what it looks like when it doesn't go the way it's supposed to? Yeah. So we know that like I think the statistics right now are that 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. So that's crazy to think of when you're in a room with 10 people, eight of those people do not have good metabolic health. And we know that we've been on like this downward trend for a really long time. And that term metabolic health, it's kind of a nice catch-all term for your metabolic response to food. So can your body digest and absorb nutrients from the food you eat without unhealthy spikes in blood sugar, insulin, and inflammation? So when we have this poor metabolic health, it is associated with a higher risk for, you know, all of the chronic conditions that we hear about impacting people's lives right now, right? Heart disease, diabetes, obesity, cancer, inflammation, fatty liver disease, PCOS in women, insulin resistance. Um, so those are the, the issues that we're seeing pop up with, with not having good metabolic health. And in both And we tend to think like, oh, that's only important once you've received this, like a a diagnosis of Mm -hmm. diabetes or prediabetes. But what the research shows is that you may still even be in like with your fasting glucose in a kind of quote unquote normal range, but your glucose variability, which is the difference between like your highs and lows throughout the day. Even if your fasting glucose is fine, your glucose variability, if that is poor or elevated, is going to be associated with, again, with the development of heart disease, Mm -hmm. oxidative stress, chronic inflammation, obesity, and then like dip 
dips of glucose throughout the day, right? When we've got, when we're on like this roller coaster, um, that's where we've got, you know, that's where a lot of cravings pop up, inconsistent energy patterns. So glucose regulation and having um, good glu glucose control is really important for your overall health, right? Like big picture wise, I think a lot of us understand that, but it's also a huge indicator of just how we feel on a day-to-day -day basis on right. an hour by hour basis. Right. And I know like you and I both work with a lot of busy moms and like, yes, logically, we're all concerned about our long-term health, right? None of us want to be a burden to our children, the children in the future. But right. what's really driving our decisions that we're making, like a lot of us are kind of in survival mode, <laughs> you know, yes. like I just need to feel better, like now, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. I can worry about like reducing my risk of heart disease. Right. Yes. Um, so having unregulated blood sugar, it doesn't feel good. And mm -hmm. so many people will write off their symptoms or attribute them to something else, right? right? Not realizing that their blood sugar is to blame. And I'll have women come to me and their complaints, right? Common complaints are weight gain or inability to lose weight, constant cravings, right? Like they want to eat healthy, but their cravings are like, overriding all of their good intentions, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, feeling hungry all the time, just being irritable and snappy at their kids. And then they're, you know, they feel guilty about that and ashamed and, um, you know, midday crashes where they feel like they're relying on caffeine to get through the day, constant fatigue, anxiety, panic attacks, insomnia, brain fog, acne, right? All of these things. And what's the root cause of all of these symptoms? It's blood sugar dysregulation. And so as a practitioner, that's super empowering because instead of having to come up with one protocol to help you get better energy and one protocol for your weight mm -hmm, loss, mm -hmm. another protocol for your skin, like we're targeting the root cause. And then we're seeing that positive domino effect as everything else gets better. And I think our current healthcare system it, you know, I mean, there are a lot of ways it does as a disservice, but it's really set up to treat people only after they've become pre-diabetic, right? Like people kind of live in this zone for a long time where they're getting routine blood work done, you know, once a year and their doctor's like, okay, everything's fine. But unless your levels of cholesterol, triglycerides, blood pressure, or fasting glucose, like meet that threshold of abnormality, like you don't really know that your metabolic health has changed in any way. And clinical care is really, you know, I like to think it's better equipped to put out fires than to prevent them. And yes. I know you and I are in the business of like <laughs> preventing those fires from even right. starting. Um, and so a lot of people are like, well, I don't have a diabetes diagnosis, so I'm perfectly healthy and not realizing that their metabolic health could be so much better and they could be feeling so much better. You know, we kind of think of like, you know, of it, like metabolic health being binary, right? You're either healthy or unhealthy. It's like a switch mm -hmm. either on or off. But I like to think of metabolic health really as a spectrum. It's not black or white. Yep. And there's like this big range between peak health and type two diabetes, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, there is so many things that I love that you shared just then. And to circle back a little bit when you were talking about how there's almost this like standard or culture of being busy and a mom and just, and like you said, we're, we are, we're in that survival mode and it just becomes commonplace to be dependent on caffeine. Of course, I wake up always tired. Of course, I'm always tired in the afternoons. And it's kind of like, you're weird if you can't resonate with that, or if you're kind of like, 
Like I've been in groups where, you know, everybody's like commiserating. And then I'm like, I actually feel pretty good. And they're like, get out. (laughs) It's just like, what? (laughs) That's weird. And it's unfortunate that that's weird because, you know, it it doesn't have to be that way. And even too, you also mentioned the, the domino effect that regulating your blood sugar can have. And it's so interesting too, because at the core, it really does come down to regulating blood sugar. And I have clients will be like, okay, well, what do I eat to reduce inflammation? And I'm like, follow the, the meal plans and the education we're giving you on eating the whole foods and, and high fiber and high protein and stuff. And, and people don't realize that like these core recommendations that we give regulate the blood sugar, reduce inflammation, bring balance to your hormones, like all these individualized things that they're looking for the solution for, which like you said, is, is how the medical system has trained people to think of like, Oh, I have this issue. So I need a solution specific to that versus these are all the symptoms of me not addressing this core thing. And I also agree with what you're saying about making sure that we are privy to this before that diagnosis comes. And it is so unfortunate that, you know, when someone goes to their annual physical or whatnot, that they get their blood work done and the doctor looks at the blood work. And if everything's within that magical range, they're like, you're good. But like you said, they could be 100% on the path to diabetes and not even know it. Yeah. So with that said, I have seen, I, I feel like a lot of people aren't aware of the role of blood sugar. And I think you've done such a fantastic job explaining how it works and how it can impact us negatively. I know oftentimes too, when I'm talking with potential clients, I hear a lot of, I want to increase my energy. I just want to be healthy. And then of course, I think I attract a lot of people who are like, weight loss would be nice, but like at the end of the day, they really do want to lose the weight. And that is a really high value. So I would love to hear how important is blood sugar regulation for weight loss and overall health? And how much do those, you know, play off of each other? Yeah. So the kind of the, what I was explaining earlier about when we've got when we eat any type of carbohydrate and it breaks down to glucose in our bloodstream and that's released, the pancreas releases insulin. Insulin has its job, right? When all of those ports are full, if there's excess insulin circulating, insulin is a storage hormone. Mm -hmm. So as long as that storage hormone is present, our body is not going to be in a place of wanting to let go of excess body fat, right? Like hormonally, it's not set up like that. And we often kind of break weight loss down into the simplicity of calories in versus calories out. Mm -hmm. And while, yes, I'm sure we would both agree, like calories are a factor Mm -hmm. that the hormonal system that's going on in your body is such a a bigger driver of weight loss, especially when we think about like long-term sustainable, healthy weight loss, right? Like when Mm -hmm. we work with our clients, I know we both have this same approach that what we want is for you to be eating like nourishing amounts of real food so that your hormones are regulated. Your appetite hormones are regulated. Your hormone, your (laughs) hunger hormones are regulated 
so that weight loss is an, just a natural byproduct of that because exactly. your body is efficiently using everything that you need and is able to easily tap into stored fat for fuel. Mm -hmm. So when you are, when your blood sugar is balanced, when we are, you know, when we're avoiding those peaks and crashes, when we are getting our blood sugar back down to a place in between meals where you're coming back down to baseline, that's when we know that your body is tapping into stored fat for fuel. So it's very cool to see on CGMs where, you know, we see a client who will eat a meal and then we see it come back to baseline and it's like, okay, awesome. Like your body's tapping into stored fat right now. Like right now you're in the fat burning zone. That's awesome. But because they've constructed their meals in a balanced way, it's right. not that they're starving themselves, right? right? Their hunger hormones are in check. They feel satiated. They feel energized. Whereas, I mean, I'm sure we all know people who have lost weight before and they've been cranky and they've been irritable and they've been super low on calories. And that's not that happy hormonal system that's happening in there. So when we think about, you know, healthy weight loss, getting your blood sugar levels in check is like the best, healthiest, most fulfilling, exciting way to lose weight because it's the way our bodies are designed to, and it feels the most natural. Amen. And I think that was such a key thing that you said towards the end there, that when our hormones are functioning the way they're supposed to, then the weight loss happens naturally. And that we're actually able to eat enough food more often than not, like nine out of 10 times when my clients come in who are trying so hard to lose weight, they're trying so hard to get healthy. They are under eating severely. And I have to break down so many preconceived notions and even fears to get them to eat enough in order to give their body what it needs. And already their metabolism is so jacked up because they've been starving themselves. And the only way that they've lost weight in the past was to continually reduce that caloric range. And so now they think that's the only way it can work when what they don't realize is that they've messed up their hormones in a way where their metabolism is just like, what the heck is going on? And, and sometimes too, when we start to increase the amount of food that they're eating, the scale does move up a little bit because we're working through that process of getting their hormones and everything balanced a certain way. And so then they freak out and they're like, they start cutting their food again. I'm like, no, wait, don't stop. Like, let's just work through this process. I, I would love to hear. And even to the other thing I was going to say about that, actually, there's so, there's a lot of misconceptions about carbs and calories and, you know, uh, oh, I'm doing the low carb thing or, or keto, or I just, or I also will see health professionals kind of almost coming against maybe some of the philosophies that they think we have and they don't fully understand our perspective. And they're like, you can eat pizza and donuts and still lose weight. So I would love to hear your thoughts on the misconceptions of carbs and calories and those dynamics when it comes to blood sugar and weight loss. Yes. So I mean, my, I don't know if I've ever really said this out loud before, but my goal is to get my clients eating as many carbohydrates as possible while still maintaining balanced blood sugar, Ooh, right? Good. Cause you can like, I, because real food forms of carbohydrates are so nutrient rich mm -hmm. and our tolerance for carbohydrates varies vastly based mm -hmm. on your age, your stage in life, right? If you are a pregnant or breastfeeding mom, that's going to be very different than someone who's 45 perimenopausal, right? Right. Uh, your activity level, what your goals are. Muscle so, mass. Yes. Our carbohydrate needs vary a lot. So mm -hmm. what that like 
you know, my version of, I want to get you eating a lot of carbs. Like what that actually looks like is going to vary a lot from person to person, but in the back of my mind, that's always what I'm thinking is I want you to be really metabolically healthy so that you can eat carbs and not gain weight or not skyrocket your blood sugar. And that you're able to like reap the benefits of all of those foods. Um, and I think it's like one of the common kind of like misunderstandings is that it's really easy to get caught up in thinking that all carbs are created equal, especially if you've just, you know, if you've been tracking macros and you kind of have that mentality of like, as long as it fits your macros. Right. And I've seen on CGMs time and time again, that meals that contain the same amount of carbs, like the same number of grams have very different impacts on blood sugar when they come from different sources. So while like, it would be so simple and easy to say, like, Mm -hmm. this is your number of grams of carbs to hit today. It doesn't matter where they come from. Like it does matter. Like it all counts, you know? Um, and any type of refined carbohydrate has already had its cell wall broken down. So it's Mm -hmm. going to turn into sugar in our bloodstream much faster. So, you know, that's the difference between like a sweet potato and pasta, right? Mm -hmm. You can 30 grams of carbs from a sweet potato and 30 grams of carbs from pasta. And that pasta is going to cause a larger spike because it's processed, right? The sweet potato, it's in its natural cellular form. So it takes longer to break down because that cellular wall is intact, which is a good thing. Um, So I think that's definitely kind of a common misunderstanding. I also think a lot of people assume that you have to eat low carb in order to have stable blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly not the case. Um, Balancing out our meals is super, super important. So having, um, you know, that steady, like building block of protein in every meal, having healthy fats in every meal, fiber in every meal, the like having that balance of the macronutrients is so, so important. And carbohydrates should never be eaten alone. Like they should always have a buddy, right? They should always be paired up with protein or healthy fats. And I've had clients come in and they're very scared of carbohydrates. Um, I had this client, I was reading her feedback form just last night. And like one of the exciting things that came out of our work together. She was like, I can eat carbohydrates. Like she was so happy about that. She was like, they just have to have a buddy. And I was so sad thinking that she had been afraid of carbs for so long because she just like, didn't realize that they just need to be paired the right way. Like they just need a buddy. So even healthy carbohydrates, right? Like an apple, like I've, and I'm sure you've seen this too, that I've had clients come to me and they're like, I did a whole 30 and I didn't lose any weight. Right. Cause they were just focused on the food quality, which is super important, right? Like we don't want to underestimate the food quality piece, mm-hmm. but if they were like snacking on apples all day long, because that's like whole 30 compliant, mm-hmm. well, that's was still causing blood sugar dysregulation. So, you know, like the apples are great, but pair it with the beef stick pair it with some almond butter, right? Like we don't want to have our carbohydrates all by themselves, even when they come from like a good source or a real food form. I love the buddy, the buddy concept. I've heard it. And I know you have to heard it said that no naked carbs. You want to make sure they're dressed. And so they're dressed with protein or they're dressed with healthy fats, but that's, it's just so cute and so much more fun. <laughs> like, no, don't let them be alone. We don't want to create loneliness with your carbs. <laughs> the fairy boat, the, the buddy system for the carbs. I love it so much. I always imagine like this sad, lonely apple, like by itself, you know, I'm like, no, give it a buddy. It'll you need to make here. a little graphic like that for your social media. That's so cute and fun. I feel like that that's, that's a viral post waiting to happen. <laughs> that's so cute. Okay. So 
this, the information you've given Lindsay is so good and so rich. And I know people are like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, all right. I want to definitely regulate my blood sugar. So then as far as some simple, healthy habits, what can we do to better regulate our blood sugar? If maybe we aren't using a continuous glucose monitor, the CGM, or we aren't super savvy on the macros and all that different stuff. What, what would that look like? Yeah. So, um, kind of nutrition wise, what I was talking about earlier with having those balanced meals, that's definitely the first place to start is Mm -hmm. making sure I recommend at least 30 grams of protein per meal. So you've got that like stable source of protein. You have some type of a healthy fat, and then you're aiming for, you're aiming to get to a place where you're getting seven to 10 grams of fiber per meal. If you're not like currently eating any fiber, I think that's a lot to jump into right away, but you know, working your way up to a point where you've got good meals that are made up of a good amount of food containing those three things. And when we aren't eating complete meals, right, we wind up eating more frequently throughout the day. We end up grazing and snacking. We're just Mm -hmm. kind of like taking the edge off of hunger instead of truly nourishing ourselves. And what we see, which is like cool to see on CGMs is that when that happens, you're constantly getting little spikes of blood sugar, like your blood sugar staying more elevated consistently throughout the day versus eating actual meals that sustain us. So we want to eat a meal that can fill us up. And with, even without a CGM, you'll know this because if you eat a meal that satiates you for four to six hours, like you can have breakfast and you can go from breakfast to lunch without needing a snack. That's a really good sign that you had like a nourishing, sustaining meal. So, you know, protein is super essential for satiety, for cravings, Fiber helps to slow down the absorption of glucose into the bloodstream. So it kind of acts as like a net that slows everything down. Um, So we want to be eating a lot of non-starchy veggies. We're eating fruit. We're eating our carbohydrate sources from real food. And then fat is also super important for satiety and for curbing glucose spikes. So just making sure that you're getting all three of those in each meal um, and you're, you know, aiming to make your meals as much as possible out of real food is a like super just great place to focus on. Um, It's funny. I had um, someone reach out to me the other day and she was saying like, okay, like my husband and I, we're ready to get going. We're ready to like eat healthier. What are some healthy snacks that, that I should buy? And my first thing, I was like, don't focus on snacks, like eat real, like eat meals. Because if you focus on eating good meals, you, it's not that you never snack, but the need for snacks is so much less frequent, right? The, when you cut down on the number of times throughout the day that you're having to eat, you eliminate your ability to have to make more good decisions, right? You have to plan and prep and cook and six meals a day, right? Like that's a lot of having to be vigilant. If you're making three meals a day, you have so much more mental bandwidth to focus on like making those good choices. So um, balanced meals would kind of be like the first place that I would start. And then while food is of course the primary driver of our blood sugar, sleep is the easiest place to start like hacking at your metabolic health. Because even just one night of inadequate sleep can increase our fasting glucose the next day. So when your sleep quality is quantity and quality is dialed in, 
your food choices have a much more positive impact on your blood sugar. So you get so much more bang for your buck when your sleep is dialed in. And when we sleep, we are repairing our cells. We are promoting insulin sensitivity, which is a good thing. We want ourselves to be insulin sensitive. We are decreasing the production of um, inflammation. So we know that like we've seen study after study come out that shows that like not getting enough sleep at night, going to bed later than usual, having low quality sleep is associated with more cravings the next day <laughs> with, uh, like a, a lower ability to feel satiated from your food. So we like, if you can dial in your sleep, that would be like the number one thing lifestyle wise. Um, we've talked a little bit about hunger hormones, right? Like our hunger hormone ghrelin, um, decreases, um, the satiety hormone leptin also, like we are so much more likely to make more impulsive food decisions, uh, when we haven't had enough sleep. So that would be kind of the next lifestyle thing I would focus after those balanced meals and then movement. Um, I mentioned that our muscles are our largest storage area for glucose. So the more we move, the more glucose we use up and we create more room, right? Like more room in those ports, more room in the suitcases and strength training, which I know you love as much as I do. Um, it's so important for using that glucose in an effective way, creating more room for that glucose, but so is avoiding extended periods of time of inactivity our bodies are designed to move. So the more sedentary we are, the less sensitive that we are going to be to insulin. And we want to be sensitive to insulin. So we want our cells to respond. So this is where just that, you know, that non-exercise activity thermogenesis, that like neat where you're just moving as much as you can throughout the day for your walking, you're getting those steps in. Um, walking after meals is one of the best tools for lowering glucose levels. And we, I definitely see this on CGMs all the time where like you can scan your CGM and you're like, oh shoot, we're going in the wrong direction. Get out and go on a walk. And we see it come back down. So even without the use of a CGM, just knowing that like, Hey, can I get a five, 10 minute walk-in after every meal, knowing that that's going to help balance your blood sugar, um, as well as like increase your daily step count. Those are some really great places to start. Those are so good. The first one being having satiating meals, you said the protein, fats, fiber with your carbs. And I love what you said about when you have those things dialed in, you're getting enough of that protein, healthy fats and fiber that you have, you have to make less healthy decisions. That's compelling people when I'm not, if, when you're constantly hungry, it's like, Oh no, what do I do now? Oh no. What do I do now? But if you've got those three powerful meals that are balanced, then you reduce that to just maybe three, maybe four times, which that's awesome. Sleep, honestly, from, I mean, I have a baby, so that is its challenge, challenge in and of itself, but that one is always a good reminder because I think we so often underestimate the power of sleep. And as far as the movement, taking a five to 10 minute walk after every meal, that's not only is that help with blood sugar, but how nice is that to get outside, to be in the sun? And then obviously there's the benefit of the sun, the vitamin D, how that boosts all of those feel good hormones as well. That's a, that's probably one of the best health tips we can tell someone is the five minutes, five, 10 minutes after you eat walk. And I'm also always telling my clients like, and I love what you said too earlier about 
wanting to increase the amount of carbs that your clients can consume while maintaining their blood sugar. And when I'm talking to my clients, I was like, Hey, motivating factor for building muscle. You can eat more carbs because you've got a more place to store it. And you're also utilizing that glucose more often because of the workouts you're doing. Uh, so I love those tips so much. Okay. Lindsay, I know that you have an upcoming program focused specifically on blood sugar. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think when this episode airs, the program uh, enrollment date will be closing the next day. So for this specific round, we start June 26th. So enrollment ends June 20th because we are ordering six weeks of CGMs for everyone who's in the program. So, and if you listen to this episode later and are interested in this type of work, I do one-on-one CGM work with clients where we pick the duration that fits best for you. And then we'll also do more of these group programs in the future. Um, But the way this program works is we are, everyone in the program, where is the CGM for the entire six weeks of the program? So we're able to see in real real time, what's happening with your blood sugar and how your diet and lifestyle choices are impacting your blood sugar. And then pairing that with your goals, with your symptoms. So it's such an empowering program because, I mean, I know I talk about the CGM technology a lot and it's still fairly new and I'm only a year into using it with clients. So, you know, I've been a health coach for a long time without this, but I've just seen it be such a powerful tool for actually creating behavior change because there are so many things we know, right? Like we have a lot of head knowledge, right? Like I know I go from dinner to the couch to watch Netflix with my bowl of popcorn. Like I know this isn't great for my blood sugar, but I'm doing it anyways. But when you have the motivation of actually seeing what's happening with your blood sugar on your CGM, it really like over the span of six weeks, it helps you to cultivate true habit change because you're so, um, tuned into what's happening with the symptoms that you're experiencing and how that is relating to your CGM data. So, um, and I, you know, we talk about glucose a lot in relation to weight loss, but some of the things we're hearing from ladies coming out of this program, like, yes, the weight loss help has been there, but I think what's been even more exciting has been the increased energy, the lower anxiety, um, the balanced hormones, just all of those other positive responses to having regulated blood sugar as well. So super excited about this program um, and happy to answer any questions that people have about it. That sounds amazing. And obviously this podcast is all about what does it look like to create healthy habits that last? And I, I can only imagine the power of seeing that on their app in real time. And, and also knowing you, Lindsay, I know it's going to be so high quality, such fantastic support. And so again, she enrollment uh, is over tomorrow. If you're listening to this, the day that this podcast released, but otherwise I would highly recommend checking out Lindsay's program, following her. And with that said, actually, Lindsay, where can people find you and what's the best way to connect? Yeah. So as far as social media goes, my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram and my handle is Lindsay lives well, and that's Lindsay with an a Y dot lives dot well. And then my website is lindsayliveswell.com. So I've got lots of free resources, um, meal plans and meal planning toolkits, um, and then information about my programs there as well. Perfect. And I know too, following Lindsay, I'm always like, 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 oh, I want that. And I've actually bought some of your meal guides and things like that. You did that instant pot class, like all those different things. They're always so, so good. 
So with that said, thank you so much for hopping on, Lindsay. I really, really appreciate your insight, your wisdom, and your heart in sharing with our community. And I look forward to next time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's so cool to see what you're doing with this podcast. I know you're making such an amazing impact for so many people. And I just love seeing you continue to move forward in like the gifts that God has given you. And like, you're clearly working in like just what he has intended for you. And it's so exciting to see. Oh, amen. Thank you. Praise Jesus. I'm, I'm really grateful that that's, that's what you're taking from it. Thank you so much for listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast today. I hope this episode inspired you, supported you, and blessed you in some way. And if it did, it would mean the world if you would leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode on your social media. The more reviews and shares this gets, the more people can be blessed and encouraged in creating a Jesus-centered, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Be blessed with hope, joy, and health. I'll see you next week. Again, the Vision Driven Health Podcast is under the umbrella of Mabel Health Incorporated. The content on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended for medical advice. It does not take the place of medical advice or treatment from a physician. Listeners should consult their own doctor or a qualified healthcare professional for specific health concerns and questions.